Hello, welcome to EQ Hacks, the show that offers busy leaders like you bite-sized power moves to boost your emotional intelligence. I'm Celine Teo. I'm Agnes Lee. We're Stanford-trained MBAs and executive coaches coming to you from Silicon Valley, California. We are so excited to have Michael Wanderers on our as a guest on our podcast. Michael Wanderers is a friend of ours from our Stanford MBA days. He's an executive coach who is based in uh, Europe and works globally. Um, he has a specialty working with uh, leaders, especially on issues around politics at work and power and influence. And he's such, I admire him so much, and we're so excited to have him to share some hacks. Hey, Michael, how's it going? Doing great. Thanks for inviting me, Celine. Welcome to the show. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm an executive coach. I help executives rethink their assumptions about power and authenticity to rise in their organizations and become more effective at work. I focus on building power, navigating politics, and managing up. But basically, I help smart, hardworking people who get stuck or hit glass ceilings break through, uh, often by leaning in. And I came to this focus after a 20-year corporate career. I worked around the globe. And in that journey, I noticed that the smartest, even nicest people um, or weren't generally the ones who, who rose or necessarily got ahead. So I decided to look at the evidence of what causes certain people to rise. And it doesn't totally resemble many of the, what I would say, feel-good stuff you hear in the popular press or even the leadership and coaching industry. So what's the secret, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> the secret? Well, we can, that's a longer discussion, I think. <laughs> Um, but it is paying attention and looking at it. There's very good social science evidence out there that I think we need to pay attention to. And um, also, I think taking care of yourself is important. Mm. Well, uh, our listeners always want to know more about the guests. Uh, it, would you complete a statement for us? The statement is, if you knew me well, you would know that dot, dot, dot. Sure. If you knew me well, you'd know that <laughs> I'm not actually Machiavelli <laughs> or Machiavellian. <laughs> so I know you and Agnes, you, you know me both pretty well. But basically what I just said there in the introduction, when people often hear my views or, or read you know, some of my articles, they think that I advocate and I say everyone should be like Machiavelli um, or his philosophy. I, I just happen to think that the late philosopher, the Italian philosopher, had a lot correct. Um, and that we really should understand how things operate, how the world works, um, if we want to change it. Um, and so, like I said, I think you both know me and I'm actually a pretty <laughs> level-headed, even warm guy. Yes, listeners, Michael is the nicest guy ever. He is definitely not Machiavelli. So, Michael, what's a concept, framework, or idea around emotional intelligence that has worked for you and your clients? I'm sure I'm really glad that you guys have put this uh, together. And I wanted to share what I call the other strategy. So, so think of a situation uh, when you've backed down or even kind of chickened out um, mm -hmm. at work, you know, asked mm -hmm. for a raise or promotion, 
negotiated a salary package or even challenge someone at work about an idea or a, or a direction. So most of us, or, or many people, not all, you know, back down because uh, they're afraid of coming across as, as rude, self-centered, or something is all about me. Um, so that could be personality, upbringing, or, you know, scripts we've been told about it's not our place to, to do that. Um, or it happens for people who are more junior or in positions of less power. Sure. Yeah. So it's a, it comes across as you're being aggressive, demanding, or it's not your place. And so here's where I think the, the other strategy has helped my clients um, and can really help in this type of situation. So I often will ask my clients when we're talking about a situation where they don't want to go in um, kind of more assertively. And... I'll ask them in this situation, right, if you're going for the promotion, raise, better terms, or whatever, to ask yourself, um, who else, okay, what other person would benefit from, from what you're doing? And for a lot of people, hey, you know, <laughs> your family would benefit if you have more money, um, or your team below you, if you're getting more resources for the team, or, you know, elevating the team to be more important in the company they're going to have room to grow. Um, mm -hmm. So you're benefiting them. Or a lot of times, things could be a larger cause. Um, say, you know, you getting promoted being, you know, symbolic of a group you might represent that is not represented in the higher ranks. So, so here, thinking or being more assertive um, helps you kind of channel kind of a more assertive, you know, behavior that will benefit others. So it's a way of kind of channeling others to benefit yourself. And, and Michael, why do you think it works so well to, to channel others? Well, one of them is that, you know, again, maybe because of personality or certain types or, or scripts, sometimes we're actually very good and very strong on advocating uh, for other people. Um, mm. I think particular groups and, and the research would, would show this out not to go into that. And so if you're saying, hey, what I'm doing here is not just about me, but it's about a larger group of people, that makes you almost unstoppable. <laughs> and I love that. again, the research would come through definitely in negotiations that, mm -hmm. you know, salary negotiations is a classic one. Um, that by channeling that, you know, your aspirations will be set higher. You will come through more authoritatively and confidently. And that the research shows drives better results, right? You set your aspirations higher, you communicate that. And you tend to end up doing better. And especially um, with salary negotiations, that compounds over time. Oh, yeah. So it's, <laughs> there's a huge amount, right? Maggie Neal at Stanford, uh, Linda Babcock have done a lot of research on this. And so channeling this other strategy can help in that arena, but in lots of other ones. <laughs> if you think Do about... Do you have stories from your coaching practice that, that, that can illustrate this? Sure, I can give you one. Um, you know, I can give you multiple ones, but one that really comes to mind is that, you know, an executive I worked with, always kind of classic, right? Did more with less, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, bare bones kind of resources, headcount, you know, her peer had like double the headcount and, you know, was doing kind of half the amount of work. But she and the manager was a she in this case, you know, the director was felt that asking for more from her boss was being demanding, right? Being aggressive. Mm. Um, but she also realized when we talked about this, because she was ambitious in many ways about her career, that if she didn't grow or the team didn't grow, you know, the, the, the overall team, then the people under her 
we're not also going to have opportunities and grow. And so this was fundamental because she cared deeply about developing um, her team and giving them opportunities. But, you know, if there's no room to go up, they're probably going to leave if they're ambitious. And so um, all she really had to do was to channel that and realize, hey, I'm doing this for a larger cause for my team. And then, you know, certainly like asking persuasively, you know, thinking about how to frame it. But she came in with much more confidence, um, authority, and just asking. <laughs> she got the resources right away. Um, so on all these things, you know, raises, promotions, getting your boss to sponsor you, which is very important to rising. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to ask. And using this other strategy, channeling what you're doing, how that will benefit others, is a massive force that can propel you. Great story, Michael. And I noticed that the example you used was of a female executive. Do you find that there are certain, you know, segments of executives that need to use this approach more than others? I mean, I find in my practice, I don't want to totally generalize, but it it, it helps a lot of the women, um, people who are more introverted. Mm. Uh, I do coach a lot of um, kind of engineering types too, or kind of you know, less the kind of sales, marketing, commercial people. Mm -hmm. Um, So those two profiles um, in particular, and sometimes there's, I think there's, uh, you know, with minorities or certain groups who feel like, hey, it's not in their place to ask or be demanding. um, A lot of people think it's being aggressive. And so one of the things I think is reframe that and just being assertive. Yeah. Um, And this is an engine that can, can power you. Um, so those would yeah. tend to be the groups I see it with, but I, I think it benefits everyone. <laughs> and uh, clearly, if we're getting better people at the top, you're just going to have better organizations. Especially if they're thinking of others. I, I really love this hack. Uh, what advice would you give, Michael, to any of our listeners who want to start practicing this skill? Um, I mean... When it seems like you're, you're, you feel like you're doing something because it's all about you, like you hear that script in your head, um, take a step back and consider who else is benefiting. And, and I'm big into, you know, write it down, <laughs> journaling, write, mm-hmm. write that down. And then, of course, you know, I think you can practice that. You know, when we go into a tough discussion, difficult conversation, practicing that role playing, it is always super beneficial. And get or even getting feedback, right? If you've got a peer or coach who can help with that, um, but channeling it as you're thinking about your negotiation or your discussion in that planning phase, mm-hmm. but also it's very helpful, kind of right before you go in. You know this idea in social science called priming. Hmm. So right before you go into, like an actor will get themselves in the frame of mind, think about that person, and then kind of right as you go in. It can be that force because most of us do go in and we kind of pull back. <laughs> ah, so know? right before you're going in, walking into the manager's office to ask for that raise, like run this through your head a couple of times. I, th- I think that abso- absolutely helps. And the research, I, I would point people to, you know, Ch- Robert Cialdini, who wrote the book on influence <laughs> that we still read back in business school. But his latest book called Persuasion, which came out about two years ago, talks about this very concept about priming. Um, Going There's a whole science around that. There's some controversy now. around priming, but I think it's uh, it, it's very useful. Great advice, Michael. Um, we like to ask our guests, like, what advice would you give your younger self? Because right now, you you know, you're so like 
you've got it together. You know all of this good advice. Well, what advice would you give your younger self? Um, I, I think the main thing for, for myself, for my younger self, is just realizing that how important people skills are, how they're incredibly important, and that you know, working on developing them at an early age um, and early in your career, public speaking, speaking up, working in teams with others, um, you know, starting to manage other people when you get to that level. Um, the people skills are so incredibly important. I know you guys are in Silicon Valley, <laughs> right? <laughs> Machines and AI don't quite totally rule the world. Organizations are people. And, you know, they come with all the irrationality. But guess what, right? They're irrational in very predictable ways. And so, you know, understanding that, but also just being able to deal with people. Uh, we're not totally in the age where, you know, talking through machines and so forth. I think that's a skill I probably should have worked on earlier um, because there were a lot of scripts around, keep your head down, work hard, right? get good grades. Um, maybe that's some of it from my Asian background, but um, I'd say pay attention to those things because clearly at the top uh, and as you rise, the people part is, is important. That resonates, Michael. Thank you. Uh, how can people find you if they want to learn more about you and your work? So, I mean, for my views on, on how people rise and so forth, I, I wrote a piece in Harvard Business Review, um, which, which I think lays out how I think about this. In terms of coaching or in terms of finding me, I mean, I use LinkedIn and my website, which is changwenderoth.com. Um, not change Wenderoth, Chang, as in the Chinese last name, changwenderoth.com. Um, so that's ways people can, can reach me. And we'll have Michael's contact information in the show notes as well. Uh, feel free to reach out to him if you have an interest in his work on power, persuasion, and moving up in organizations. Michael, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Likewise. Take care. Thanks for joining us for this episode of EQ Hacks, the show for busy leaders who want to be emotional Jedi. For more ways to elevate your leadership, sign up for our email list at eqhacks.co and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcast. And if you are enjoying the show, please leave us a five-star review. See you next time.